Somebody save me from this show. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Ugh, I do not know. Hey guys, welcome to Season 1, Episode 20 of Talking at the Talon. I'm Bess. I'm Alex. And this episode was called Obscura. Yes. And neither of us really remembered it? No, although, like, the thing is, it actually had a lot of setup. Um, right. And it's I a, remembered some of that stuff. It's a lot of stuff that leads into next episode, which is, coincidentally, the, the, the season finale. finale. Right. Well, probably not coincidentally, but I in the sense that... Yes, I... <laughs> look, I have slept, like, two hours in the last, That's, like, 30. No, sure, sure. <laughs> um, like, I feel like it's a pretty awkward episode a lot because, like, yes. they're doing so much setup stuff that the, like, actual plot of the episode... Well, the actual they don't, plot like, of the episode... don't, have that much time to deal with, Also, basically. it's batshit. No, I mean, it totally is, but I think that would not, like... That's typical, right? Yeah, I suppose But, like, it true. feels really weird because it's basically, like, the thing that really should be the A-plot is, like, time-wise actually the B-plot, I think. Yeah, it's So weird. there's, like, all this other stuff that's going on that's, like, given more kind of, like, importance, even though, like, the main thing is, like kidnapping and right stuff. yeah i a lot happened totally, a lot happened totally. um but yeah so the like well so first of all i want to start off by talking about the opening scene which was like uh an aerial shot like sort of oh my montage god Dude, of was... lana and whitney riding horses through a field with like romantic music playing i was pretty sure they were briefly very confused about what genre their show was in what because it genre of show would that be like a high fantasy or a period romance oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay yes yes no totally like one of those right. two things but not the thing that it is right <laughs> It is definitely neither a period romance nor a high fantasy, like, adventure. Yeah, no. No, yeah, it felt like, like, that. Like, the kind of show- yeah, like, a kind of, like, Lord of the Ringsy sweeping vista right. horse yeah, riding. Or I thought Not of, that there was a sweeping vista, no, but- I thought of, like, Stardust. Like, right. you know, it's that yeah. kind of, like- Totally. Or they occasionally have those things in like period romance no, where everybody's sure. riding horses sure. through the countryside and it's very, and like, it's very like lush romantic right. music. Exactly, yeah. exactly. No, so, it was like, totally like that thing. Yeah. Um just like out of nowhere, confusingly. Right. Um, Which uh yeah, where did that come from? No, I guess it's like and also I guess it's like this thing about how we're supposed to care about Whitney now is like we're supposed to now be like care about like him and Lana's relationship, no. which, like, I don't. No. I don't. Nope. Um, nope, nope, nope. Like, I've actually, I think I've kind of, like, paying this amount of attention and, like, I've sort of, like, weirdly talked myself around to kind of caring about Lana as a character, mm -hmm. just in the sense that, like, paying so much attention, like, I want to rescue her from how badly she's written and make her into, like, something better, you right. know? Right, yeah. But, like, I don't like, I don't care about Whitney to the extent of, in that way, even. No. And, like, I certainly no. don't care about their romance, which is totally just, like, even from the perspective of inside the show, I feel like it's totally just, like, we are high-status high schoolers, so we are dating each other. Right, right. Like, not, you know, it's not the kind of relationship that really, like, lasts. No, it's not built <laughs> on anything real, and so there's no basis for it no. to... No, so, no. I, I can't, I can't give a shit about it at all. No. Or Whitney as a character, like... Yeah, no. Yeah, there's, like, a couple of scenes here where Whitney shows up and people, like, talk about his dad dying and stuff in this way where it's supposed to, like, be follow-on. And it, like... <sighs> so, I mean, I don't know. There's no reason we can't talk about both those scenes now, because they're not actually, like, yeah. part of the no, episode. No, they really aren't. But, like, yeah, at the beginning here, he's, like, they mention it offhand. And then later, he shows up in the Talon, and, like, he says he's been going through his dad's stuff, and he found this, like... And he's, like... Also, he's, like, weirdly, like... No. His dad is supposed to have been dead, like, a week right. at this point? Like, it's been one episode since his dad died. So, like, presumably... Like, I, whatever. Maybe presumably. a couple weeks. But, but like, like, usually you read that as a week, I feel like. If, if you're not given yeah. any any other indication, right. and we aren't. Right. So, like, um... But, yeah, so he shows up and is like, 
Lana's like, are you ready to go through your dad's stuff? And he's like, yeah, it's bringing back lots of good memories. And it's like, man, that is not the stage of grief you are in. Like, that takes months. Yeah. Like, at least, at least months. I would say probably closer to like a year plus. No, right? I mean, like, right. Like, it takes a long time to be like, th- to the point where you go through stuff and you feel pleased by the memories. Um, I mean, like, I do feel like it's I mean, a- with his dad right. dying young, certainly. Right. It's, it's a little bit different. I guess it probably is... if someone's been sick and you're expecting yeah, it. I will say, I um, mean, I actually did that, like, the day after my grandmother's funeral right. at her house, like and if, I did have you... a lot of good memories. But also, my grandmother was 88 years old and spent three, four, she was in hospice at least once and then spent multiple other, like, yeah. yeah like, I mean, the thing is, the thing is, like, about that kind of thing is if you, if you know that it's coming for right, a while, you right. start processing it already. Right. But in the last episode, he had the thing where he thought his dad was getting better. Right. And he no. suddenly died. No. So he wouldn't be in that kind no. of state. No. Um, no. And, like, no. Anyway. But, yeah, they he finds these, like, medals that his dad won from being in the army or whatever. And he basically is like, maybe this is a sign that, like, he wants me to join the army or something. Basically, like, they are setting, I mean, they're setting up, up to up put him gonna, on a bus next episode. Right. But I kind of feel like interpreting being, like... Yeah, the fact that my dad never talked about being in the army to me probably means that it was a great thing he wants me to emulate. No, it's like, not how that works. Uh, not I how mean, that works. No? I mean, I have, like, highly biased opinions no, right. about the like, military because of my family, but, like... I, f- I feel like if he was, like, really proud of his time in the military, he, he would have ever about talked about it, yeah, which right. they specifically say he did not. Yeah. So, like, right. if someone, right. like, never talks about a thing, I don't assume it's, like, a proud, a, you know, great thing that they're real proud of. Right. Like, that's not... Right. Yeah. Nope. Um, but yeah, whatever. He also is, like... uh is like saying like you know you throw it you throw a football around and then everyone calls you a hero but maybe there's other ways to be to to like change the world than throwing a ball around and i'm like oh well God. one throwing a ball around is literally not a way to change the world like i mean nothing against people who go into sports or whatever but it it doesn't it doesn't change the you're not okay. helping anybody you're it's entertainment i say this as somebody who genuinely emotionally invested in vikings game today at least to some extent and not as much as i used to be but and genuinely love sports no but yeah so whatever anyway like i don't think Going into the army is probably usually actually a good way to try and change the world, but like, I a lot of people do, and I see how he thinks that kind of. Um, and certainly, it is like a thing that is like real in a way that sports isn't. I think it's probably mostly bad, but you know, I uh, <laughs> yes, I mean, I have like extensive family history. Totally, in this. but like I mean, you know, like, like and my family are all like. Makes sense that he would, like, Smallville would be the kind of community where you would be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's it's absolutely the type of, like, (laughs) well, and it's also very, the other thing about Whitney and the reason it kind of makes sense for him, too, is because Whitney's whole arc this season has been very, like, God, what if I never get out of Smallville? Right. So the reason a lot of guys like Whitney who are 18 years old and join the army are because it's, like, it's a way for me to get out of this town. If he's blown the football scholarship because he couldn't do stuff because right. he was, his dad was dying and if that's like out of the you know that, out of that, the picture and like he wants to get out of Smallville then like yeah join the armed forces that's a pretty typical other yep. kind of move yep. for that kind of So person. I mean like that that totally. characterization wise like that scans and makes sense. But yeah the scene setting it up is just kind of like oh uh, okay on yeah. a couple of different levels. Right. Right. Um, But whatever. Anyway so the actual like plot thing that starts off with with the horse riding, it's like when they are riding horses, they come across some people who are working on some like, um, I don't know, there's like gas mains, I guess. Yeah, I couldn't even tell what they it didn't set this up was. really well. No, it was there was there there were gas mains it was and there really were like poorly set up. There were also some, like why were Whitney and Lana so close no why were they so like standing there oh my god they come up to these people who are doing something with a gas main and like there's a couple of different like bits of pipes and stuff um and one of them starts like one of them starts like shaking and like they're standing right next to it and apparently they're like oh 
this gas pipe thing is like shaking and we're standing near it. I think the most important thing is in this situation is that we alert the other people about it who are not standing near it. Right. They need to know. That's obviously um, the most important thing to do right now. So like Whitney goes and does like does that and like Lana is like just standing left standing next to the gas main. I'm not and sure then what happens to the move. I'm not sure what happened to the horses either. And honestly, like, the shots of, like, Lana standing next to this thing and the shots of, like, the wide shots, oh, like, certain so... things seem to, like, not be there. Like, I th- just... is terrible. My, your, my brain just, like, tried to be, I like... I can't even process No, none of this is happening so correctly. so bad. It's, like, also the way it's framed just, like, cinematically with... with Lana, no, like, it was it's just like maximum, would, like damsel in distress. Well, totally, like, but they would just like weird. cut between like close shots and wide shots, and the like the layout would be inconsistent in this way that was totally confusing. Right. Um, right. Yeah, but whatever. The point is, this like gas main or whatever explodes, and Lana's standing like really near to it, and we get this like her looking into the camera, like flailing at the camera with a big fireball behind her, which I'm sh- I'm pretty sure is a shot that's later used in the credits. Yeah. Um, and it's a terrible, it's terrible, terrible special effect. Terrible, um, terrible, terrible. But yeah, so then, like, Whitney and these two other guys who are cops who are there at the repair of this gas main for, for an unknown reason. For reasons. Come up to her and, like, she... After that, she's in the hospital and she, like, had a concussion or whatever. Yeah, so she's in the hospital with a concussion Chloe and Clark and Whitney are all there visiting, and, like, Chloe, like, has this interview where she's, like, driving to Metropolis by herself yeah. to interview for an internship with the Daily Planet, all of which is, like, not That's... a thing a freshman in high school would do ever. Um, she does- how does she have a license? Yeah, well- You are not 16 yet. Yeah, no. Freshman year of high school. You are 14 or 15. And she doesn't actually live on a farm. No. So she can't get the farm exception. Nope. Nope. (laughs) So that's all. No, I literally, I literally think the people who write this show do not remember that they are in the freshman year of high school. No, I think they literally think, well, okay, so we could jump ahead a little bit. because because later Clark is talking about, like, when he met Chloe and he says it was in eighth grade and we're like... That was last year. You are in ninth grade right now. I mean, theoretically. Like, yeah. Like, I keep, I keep, like, second guessing myself and thinking that they're not in fresh, the freshman year, but they are. They are. Yeah. Like, that's the, in season four, th- that's the that's last year of high year. Right. Like, no. None of this makes any sense. No. <laughs> Clearly, what happened is they, they Smallville genuinely don't remember what year their characters Smallville are Smallville is a to magical land where time like, works differently. Do you think they also keep getting this show confused with Buffy and thinking they're starting in sophomore year? Because that's what I keep doing. <laughs> Clearly, Smallville is a strange magical land where actually. You have six years of high school, so really, Alex, they're in their third year of high school. Right. But they still have three more years before they graduate. Maybe the entire cast, they're actually in, like, a later year of high school, but the entire cast keeps getting held back because they're not grad- they're not- they're not passing their classes because they don't have time because of all the bullshit they're doing. (laughs) The school decides that their entire class is just so incompetent. I mean, honestly, it wouldn't have to be their entire class, just the main characters of the show, because it's not like there's a consistent cast of background characters in their year. That's true. At all. That is true. So, so really, it's just (laughs) Clark, Chloe, Lana, Pete. And Pete Pete leaves early, so he could actually be doing fine until... Some, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so really, Clark, it's Clark, just Clark, Chloe, Chloe, and Lana. Who are, like, too busy fucking doing who knows what to, like, do any of their classes, probably. Well, obviously, Chloe is too busy being a plucky girl reporter. Right. To have time for any classes or homework. Lana's running a small business, as well as being constantly kidnapped. So, really, <laughs> what we're saying is, actually, really, they're in college. <laughs> 
but uh, and taking know. classes part time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. None of this makes sense. Clark is also working on his family farm. So like, yes, so although really, he has super speed and should be able to yes do no, things a bit very more. true, <laughs> absolutely true. But I'm just saying. No, it's 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 rubbish. It's th- nonsense. Th- th- they're actually they're freshmen in college, right? Well, and so. Uh, anyway. Yes. That all doesn't make sense. Nope. Um, then Chloe says that while she's, uh, while she's in Metropolis doing this interview, she will be, which she's, like, taking days off of school to go into an interview for an internship, which is not a thing you do in high school. Like. Also, like, (laughs) one of the top newspapers in the country definitely gives. Freshmen. Freshmen in high school. Internships. Because they're not, like. That they don't have enough people applying from colleges. Right. Like, what? No. Um, no. But she says she'll be staying with her cousin in her cousin's dorm. Uh-huh. In Metropolis. Now, presumably this cousin is, we later find out Lois is her cousin. Yes. However, when Lois first appears on the show, <sighs> it's because she needs to take classes at Smallville High because she never graduated from high school Apparently she has whatever the same issue as everyone else that we've just been talking about. I, I still don't, I don't really remember, but I don't understand why she wouldn't have finished high school. Whatever. Or just gotten a GED? Yeah. None of that makes sense either, but that's season four. We can wait. Um, sure. But if if this is the same cousin, which, like, we never hear about another cousin, so, like, presumably this is they were trying to, like... Lay the groundwork. Well, and also early. another cousin would involve. I mean, I guess it could be from the other side of the family. I don't actually. Remember. Yeah, I don't know. But Whatever. like, Lois doesn't have siblings. Lois does have a sibling. Oh, she does. Lucy. Oh right, I. I should know that, given that we've been watching Supergirl. <laughs> yeah, and Lucy does show up for one episode, but she's younger and would presumably not not yet be, be in, in college. college yet. I would think. Um. Also, how much older than them is Lo- is. Lois supposed to be. Well, that again would be something they deal deal with in uh, season four, and I don't remember. But like, if they're freshmen in high school, is Lois even old enough that she would be in college? I mean, like that. Yeah, I would. I would not. I would not be surprised by that. Generally, I don't know. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm gonna put this in our continuity yeah, spreadsheet. Sure. We're gonna put a pin in it. And we're going to come back to this in three seasons when we get to meet Lois. But anyway, yeah, if Lois, like, never up until season four graduates from high school, then she presumably is not in a college dorm in season one. Right. Uh, so, yes. Um, but yeah, then, like, Lana has this vision of, like, Chloe getting grabbed in the parking lot as she's leaving. Um, Lana has these visions throughout the episode, and they're all in kind of, like, sepia, super grainy, oversaturated, a little bit wobbly. Um, they do a lot of filters to them. Basically, it looks like somebody was just like, what if I put, like, all of the filters right. on it? Right, Um, but yeah, so Cl- Cl- Lana gets You know these- what it looks like? It looks like whatever that, like, one Instagram filter that's, like, old school, like, baked photo or whatever It is, is. a little bit like that kind of thing, yeah. Like, that's um, what it looks like. But yeah, so Lana's getting these visions that are, like, they figure out eventually are, like, from the point of view of the person who kidnaps Chloe. So Chloe is kidnapped and, like, being held in some freaky warehouse and stuff. And, like, Lana eventually tells Clark that she's getting those visions and, like, they figure out that no one's had contact with with Lana or Chloe and, like... Yeah. Also, like, this is, again, like, people are, like, I feel like we're supposed to... Chloe's dad seems like, you know, a good parent. Right. Mostly people are not like, ah, yes, I will let my freshman in high school daughter drive off to a big city by herself and not check in on her for, like, 24 hours. That's how 14-year-olds, right? Right. Like, no. No. That that is how you 14-year-old? No. Yeah. Um, Chloe's dad actually shows up briefly again here Mm -hmm. uh, to do nothing in particular. Just but verify are, he hasn't seen her. Yep, but yep. He's, but he's we're exi- reminded existent. that he exists. Um, yeah, and we also were saying, like, you were saying, like, oh, the cops are here and they're doing investigating. But, of course, that is because it turns out that one of the cops is the criminal. Right. So, otherwise, they probably wouldn't have bothered. Spoiler! 
Yeah. Um, but I mean, but nonetheless, the Smallville cops do exist in this episode. I mean, mostly to, like, antagonize... Right, well, because, like, Lana says she's having... be sarcastic at Lana. She's having visions of, of Chloe, which, like, you know... Fair normally, enough. Normally, with cops being like, yeah, I don't think you're probably having visions, and, like, being kind of sarcastic about it. Well, one, like, probably don't try to be sarcastic about it. Like, her friend is missing. Right. Um, but also... But also, like... Also, it's Smallville. Right. Right? Like, right. they have got to have had cases yep. that are involve weird bullshit. At yep. some point, you've got to, like, yep. change your level of what re- requires you to be like, no, that that's not possible. You right. Know? Um, so this is the scene, like, where Chloe is missing, uh, and... Clark and Lana are talking, and Clark says that he met he met Chloe in eighth grade, which again Last would have been year. a year ago, which is nonsense. Like they've definitely implied that they've been friends longer than that. Like I don't know if they specifically said anything, but like it's just like their friendship dynamics don't make any sense if they've been friends for like a year and a half. No, that's not how that works. No. And then and then Clark tells this story where he was like, he she it was her first day at school, and she like made him, like, show her his farm because she thought farms were hilarious because she was from the city or whatever. Which, like, fair enough. Rings true. Um, But then uh, she was, like, she was, like, kissed him and was, like, there, I know you've been thinking about that all day. Now we've gotten it out of the way and we can be friends. Which, like... No eighth grader does that! Like, no. And also given that probably, like, he wasn't actually... And that was like mostly her. Uh, is so embarrassing. Uh, so motzy. <laughs> so motzy. Anyway, like so, like Clark is also in this scene saying, like, now that she's like missing, like I, it's like I didn't know what I had with her until like I, which is like obviously this thing where he's like talking himself into they're, asking her out. They're going in real hard on this episode on trying to set up the like Clark Chloe Rowan stuff. No, but like I think it's it's really obvious even at this point that like Clark isn't actually like attracted to her. He just thinks that he should be. Right. Like she, he knows she's into him and he's like And everybody well and he has And everybody's like awkward no, yeah, he has this mom. like super weird conversation with his mom where his mom is like, Have you asked anyone to the spring dance? Like and he's like, Well I was thinking about it and she's like, You should definitely ask Chloe and it's like, okay, that's a little like I feel like you shouldn't like encourage okay and see this is again where i'm like this whole thing is kind of like queer yeah stuff where it's like his parents are like oh you right. should ask Although, your nice like female friend it's a little weird that it's coming from martha yes because like she doesn't normally no participate normally, in that normally either that's from, jonathan's mom. either from the queer thing like from the queer metaphor thing or just in general like normally not- martha is like actually a pretty great parent right but, like, yeah, and also, like, kind of, I feel like, I mean, they are setting it up a lot as being, like, in contrast to, like, well, maybe I shouldn't give up on Lana or whatever. But it does a little bit feel like someone who, you know, is gay and closeted being, like, well, this girl likes me, like, I should try that. Probably this is a crush that I have on her, these feelings that are totally just friendship, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's very kind of like that thing. No, it it definitely makes hella sense on that level. Um, so yeah, it's it's honestly like I kind of feel like imp- a little bit impressed by Tom Welling's like acting in these because he's actually like because they are purposely going for like Clark doesn't actually isn't actually romantically into right. Chloe, but he's like convinced himself that he should give it a try. Right. And, like, Tom Welling is doing that thing pretty well, actually. Yeah, no, that's fair. Given that that's, like, a more complicated kind of state than I usually would give him credit for being able to do. Right, no, and I do think he reasonably pulls it off. But, yeah, um, so, like... Lana sees, eventually, like, sees Chloe being buried in a, like, weird coffin thing. Um, Yeah. And she says, it's like, it's in some field. Like, there was a windmill there. I don't know where it is. And it's like, that windmill that was, that you specifically mentioned was part of your greatest desire in the previous, in an episode, several episodes previously. (laughs) That windmill. It burns. It burns. (laughs) But, so Clark goes out there and, like, 
finds her with his x-ray vision, which, like, he immediately uses, so good job there, because he's in the past, like, failed to use that in situations right. where he super should. Right. Um, but yeah, and pulls her out and stuff. Um, and then, um, the, the scene actually with Allison Mack in the hospital is one where, again, I'm like, man, she's actually, like, really good at acting. And, like, yeah. Because she's, like, she is better than this show. Right. Because she's, like, realistically kind of traumatized and, like, yes. trying to put on a brave face and sort of, like, yes. be relieved. But, like, still also, pretty upset. Can we stop and talk about the fact that she, like, definitely doesn't question how Clark got her out of that thing. Because he literally, he x-ray, no. he he speeds over there, which, fine. He, but then, like, how does he get her back? Because no. it's not like he brought, he brought no, a car out there or anything. We just totally skipped that. I mean, she was he unconscious, but, like. vision to find the coffin. He literally reached into the ground and pulled the coffin out with his bare hand. And then, like, ripped the lid off. And Chloe was just, like, so happy to see him that she was like, Clark, and then we just cut away, and we never explain, like, any of, no. like, whatever. No questions ex- asked. No. Nothing. Um, I, I have questions. I have so no. many questions. But so anyway, like, then there's this scene where, like, Clark is upset about this, and he's talking to Jonathan about, like, and Jonathan is like, you shouldn't worry about the fact that the person who kidnapped your friend is still totally at large. Just be happy she's fine now. I and it's literally like, hate Jonathan so much. What the fuck, dude? Like, like, let the cops do their job is normally good advice to a teenager when they're not super powered <laughs> and in a town where the police never do anything. But, like, to say, like, don't even worry about it is super weird. No. What the fuck? Like, what the fuck, dude? Um. They don't know why he kidnapped Chloe. Like, he could have reason to come after her again. Totally. It's, yeah. Don't worry about it is a no. 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 Um. But, yeah, then we get this scene where instead of Chloe having the script this week, Clark does. Yep. Um, because he has looked up... A thing called Decretzer syndrome, which, as far as we can tell, is completely made up by the small writers. Not real. It's not real. Where people in the Blitz <laughs> would become psychically linked or something. Honestly, the way he explained it, it sounded like soul bonding to me. Yeah, it I sounded mean, like fanfic trope soul bonding. Kind of is soul bondy, actually. But like the idea was like there was some kryptonite in the gas main explosion, which there was. We saw that. Yeah. Um. And, like, then the first, like, guy of the cops who got to Lana after she passed out, they're, like, linked. Although, as far as we can tell, that entirely means that Lana sees Yeah, it seems to be eyes. one way. This is not, like, a Harry Potter-Voldemort situation. Right. It seems to be a one-way deal. Right. Um... But yeah, so, and then they're like, well, so it was one of these two cops, but we don't know which, and also Lana is in, in this conversation. Um, so right. we cut to, like, Lana at the Talon, and, like, one of the cops comes in, and you're like, oh no, it's that guy, except then, of course, it is the other guy who right. comes in and knocks out that one cop. Right. Um, and then, like, the cop, uh, when he's kidnapped Lana, he's like, I wasn't actually going to kill Chloe, I was going to, like, rescue her heroically. Which is, like... Fine. This is sure. This is genuinely a thing that sometimes, like, oh, yeah. like a complex that like first responders can. Get yes, sometimes right where they like um create although, disasters like, in order dude, to be the hero. If you want to rescue someone, maybe you should like try and deal with the actual stuff that's happening in your town. Like, all right? Fucking <laughs> right, though. Like, Jesus! Oh like, my God! If, if the cops if ever did of, anything, maybe you co- would get also, a chance like, to do some If a couple rescuing. of fucking teenagers can like solve your cases for you, yeah. like, why can't you? Whatever. Anyway, but then he's like, but now I'm going to solve your murder, Talana. But, like, if he kills her, he can't be like, solve her murder. Like, he doesn't Hey guys, I solved it! I killed her! It's me! He doesn't say he's going to frame anyone. Like, if you framed someone, then maybe he could do that. But he's not, like, he hasn't set any of that up. He's just going to, like, kill her with his gun in this abandoned... (laughs) Like abandoned. In this abandoned place, which is where he works his night job. It's an abandoned carnival, by the way. Smallville just randomly has an abandoned carnival. Although I guess maybe it's not abandoned if he works there. 
but I don't know. They did, They certainly never go there. No. So. Oh, well, uh, perhaps it's, I think they said it's, like, closed for the season. The season being spring? <laughs> because it's spring. Maybe it's only open during the summer. Sure. I mean, whatever. Like, sure. Because Smallville has this, like, park with a roller coaster and stuff. That Obviously. That we've never seen before. Just Obviously. There. Yes. Um... But anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, none of these things could ever possibly tie back to this guy. Right. He's going to solve her murder. That doesn't... Like, I don't... No. 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 It's terrible. Um, but yeah, so Clark comes in and, like, rescues her and stuff. And then, like, totally just, like, lets this guy shoot him and stands there and kind of, like, is, like, smugly, like, haha, that didn't work. Which is, like good job hiding, like, now this guy is doomed. Like, right. this guy has to die now. Right, um, because he has seen your powers. Right. So, yeah, of course, like, the other cops show up, and, like, that guy is still waving his gun around or whatever, so they shoot him, and he is dead. Yep. Um, And then, actually, kind of, like, I mean, so they show it, like, through Lana's point of view. Oh, yeah, Lana, like, thing. Lana, like, gets the visions of him, like, as he's dying. Right. Which is, so, like, like you kind of weird and upsetting. Well, yeah, I mean, well, what it is is, I mean, so you, like, you see the bullet, like, coming at the screen, and then the screen just, like, very suddenly goes yeah. totally black. It's, like, a little bit dark. Yeah. Kinda. But. Like, I, I guess it more stood out to me because it's darker than this show normally tends to well, right, be. and because it's not, like, what ratings would call fantasy violence. Right, it's like no, it's just like people getting shot with actual guns and stuff. Right, from the camera point of view, right. which is like generally, like, that's pretty. I don't know. That's pretty violent. But yeah, anyway, so that was like the wrap up of that plot. And then, like, at the end, like, Chloe comes to visit Clark and says she got the internship anyway despite missing the interview because they saw like the article she wrote about her own kidnapping right in that's how the that works. newspaper that's how that works <laughs> um and then like as she's walking away clark finally like actually asks her to the spring dance and it's like super awkward oh. and chloe is like yeah, Chloe says this thing about, like, Clark apologizes for, like, waiting so long, which is also kind of a weird thing to do. Right. And then Chloe is like, it was worth the wait. And it's like, man, was uh, it? Like, you guys did not even touch in this scene. Oh my god. <laughs> Chloe, sweetheart, I'm so embarrassed on your behalf. Like, there's this scene earlier in the episode, too, where Clark kind of, like, gives her an awkward side hug backpack backpat thing, and it's, like, super not romantic. It's just, like, Clark is so clearly not on that wavelength at all. No. It's sad. It's sad. Um, but, yeah, so that's, like, the main plot. The thing is, like, that takes up, like, a lot of that, even, is taken up by the kind of, like, Chloe Clark setup stuff. Um, so much so that, like, like the conversation about the actual, like, kidnapping-type stuff is, like, are fairly short. Yeah. Um, and then, like, a lot of the time, the running time of this episode is the, like, Lex plot. Right. Um, Which, so we should talk about that. Yeah. So, like, that is basically, like, Lex shows up at the beginning of this episode um, for, with a check for the Kents. Right. That was from the, uh, like, the thing the in Club the Club Zero, Zero episode, episode yeah. where all their cows and field were irradiated and died and stuff. Right. Um, Which, like, yeah, fair enough. Legit. Although they no, should probably get an insurance payout for that. But Yeah, well, I mean, they're fudging the way that would work, probably. Right. But also, it's implied that, like, although Lex says he did not, like, increase the amount of money they are getting, he almost certainly did. Right. Um... But there's, like, this very, you know, symbolic scene where, like, Jonathan takes the check from him and then, like, shakes his hand in the way he, like, refused to in the pilot or right, whatever. Right, right. And then there's a scene where uh, Clark and Jonathan are talking about Lex and, like... Oh, man. And, like, Clark is trying to convince him that he should cash the check. Um, and, like... And he does seem to, like, sort of talk Jonathan no. around. No, well, Jonathan, Jonathan, like, before the thing that happens at the end of the episode, Jonathan does intend to do that. Yeah. But, like, Clark says this thing where he's like, if you keep shutting doors in his face, he's going to become exactly the person you think he is. Which is, like, 
literally that's the like thing. the thesis of your show, right? Like that's the the the, the character arc that Lex is going to have, basically. Yeah. Um, Clerk seems actually a little bit too aware of it, right? In that particular scene, given how much he participates in that arc, right? But yeah, it's also like, you know what? You don't have any reason to think that Lex is a bad person, actually, at this point. So, so fuck off. Right. Fuck off, Jonathan. Um, Well, I mean, fuck off, Jonathan, always. No, totally, but But just in particular. Yeah. Like, he literally has never had any argument up to this point about Lex being, like, a bad person, except, like, his dad is a bad person, which is the shittiest, like, no, go away. Right. Then, like, Lex... uh, So Nixon... Uh, comes back, that, like, journalist that Lex had blackmailed yes. earlier, and mentions the other journalist that he got into a sort of blackmail standoff Right, with. there's a, and um, there's a nice, like, profile that, right. the nice profile that he blackmailed her into writing him about him in right. the paper. Um, which Nixon is mad about. Not that that really has anything to do with anything. It kind of feels like they're just, like, they're trying to, like... They're just like, look, like, we can follow up on things! Draw everything they can that can be followed up on into this episode in preparation for the finale. Right. Um, right. But, like, yeah, so Nixon... They tie up all the loose ends. Not that they, like, tie them up. They're just kind of like, yep, that happened. Anyway. Alex, um, didn't you know that <laughs> literally mentioning a thing again once is tying up a loose end? I mean, the thing is, it, like, it also, like, wasn't exactly a loose end. Well, but, I know. Right. Like, that's... That's the other right. thing, is that it's, but like... But it, it was just a thing that happened and had no particular effect on anything, basically. Right. Um, but, like, yeah, so, like, Nixon has found this guy who uh, claims to have seen something during the meteor shower. Um, so Lex and, and him go visit him, and, like, he's this, like, old, like, clearly kind of rattled, shaky, like, not totally right. there guy. Who says that during the meteor shower he was in a crop duster plane... And uh, he saw something that, like, moved at the last second like it was a ship. Um, Yes. And he says he saw where it landed. Which also raises the question to me of, like, like, that was Clark's ship. Why did it change course at the last second? What was it, like, aiming for? I don't know. I don't know. I have no answer to that. Yeah. Anyway, um, Lex is, like, pretty dubious, but, like... I don't know, he gives the guy some money or whatever. Right. Um, And then he, like, uh, so later he's, like, investigating the site of that thing, and there's, like, guys there with metal detectors and in hazmat suits and stuff. And also Hamilton, the scientist. Right, yes, is there, um, doing that thing. Yes. Um, Directing then- the guys in hazmat suits around. Yes. Being sciencey. Right, sciencing. Um, science! Uh, and Jonathan and Clark show up because they have, like, something to deliver over there somewhere. For reasons. Yes. Uh, reasons. And then Jonathan is like, why are you doing this? And Lex is like- This is the scene where we literally said in unison, shut up, Jonathan, right? We said, fuck off. Oh, fuck off, yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, Fuck off, shut up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, no, we said fuck off Jonathan in unison yes, at this point. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Jonathan is like, why are you, like, are you prying, like, what are you doing prying into this stuff or whatever? And like, basically gets like super mad at Lex because he's like investigating. Basically, Jonathan gets like lol defensive. Right. And the thing is like, so like, Lex has no- In a way no- that's hella suspicious. Lex has no way of knowing that this, like, Lex thinks there might be something weird about the meteor shower, right? Lex has no way of knowing that this has any connection to Clark or any of the stuff that's weird about Clark. I mean, like, he would presume, I think, that they're connected. But the thing is, like, if I were Lex well, at this point, right, I would, I would, be, I would like, be like, I would totally assume that Clark, Clark was a meteor freak. For yeah. ages, I would assume that. Right. But this is so suspicious. Right. Because Jonathan is so defensive. And like, it's Jonathan like, is, like, literally, like, lol defensive in, like, a very, like, weird, like... Right, because, like, Lex had no no idea of, like, a significant connection between, like, this thing that might have landed in a field during the meteor shower and, and Clark until you got all weird about it and right. mad at him. Right. Um, And it's like, I do not plan on cashing your check. He doesn't actually say that to him. No, he does. He hands he it does. back. Sorry, I forgot. He yes. hands He the hands check his back. check back and is, like, super offended. Which is also, like, I mean, so, like, 
one, you've just, like, totally shown your hand in a ridiculous way. Um, and two, it's, like, that what, was... And what did it even accomplish? No, like... right! Like, that was money that he owed you for a right. thing. Like, you should use it. I don't understand. Like, it's not like he'll have anything over you if you cash that check. Right? He owes it to you. It's, I this can't. This is dumb, I can't. I and you can't. need money. I literally just hate Jonathan. I literally hate him. He's the worst. But yeah, no, he's also, like, so, yeah, and he's mad at, at, at Lex for this thing that is not bad. Like, Lex is not actually doing anything wrong. No. Like... But yeah, it's so dumb and awful. Um, yeah, but like Lex shows up uh, to talk to Clark later and they have this whole scene where Clark is like playing this angle of like, you have to leave the past behind you or whatever, which is like, <sighs> I don't know. No. And then Lex gives a little speech about like how the stars are light that's some of them are dead and all that kind of thing. And, like, I'm actually really into this because I have this whole, like, I don't know. There's this 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 thing, like, the stars in the context of Smallville sort of... God, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're saying either. Well, no, so I have... The, okay, I have this thing. I have this thing with, like getting really into, like, songs being associated with fandoms, right? And, like, specifically, like, analyzing the lyrics. Right. And, um, certain repeated, like, lyric, like, poetic imagery meaning specific things in the context of a fandom. Right. And, like, stars meaning, like, a connection to the past and, like, destiny is a thing that makes a lot of sense for Smallville. Um, Yes. In the sense of, like, you know, it's the, you get into the whole thing with destiny later with the caves and everything, too. Right. But, like, that's sort of what he was talking about here. I don't know. It's cool. I yeah. liked it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, like, it's like this super... Because, like, Clark is not being, like, as unreasonable as Jonathan because he's not actually, like, super mad at Lex for doing that thing. Right. But he still is sort of, like, I don't know. Like, there's this thing where, where Lex says he's, like, he wants to know the truth. And Clark just says, like, the truth? Like, what even is that? <laughs> or something. And it's, like... Clark, I mean, you know, like, also, you live in a crazy town where fucking bad shit, magic stuff is happening all the time. It makes sense to, like, want to know why. No. Oh, I can't. I can't. But yeah, so, like, that that whole plotline actually takes up a lot of time in that episode, this episode, which, like, it's obviously, like super important arc stuff set up not just for the finale but for like the entire rest of the show right yes but it's just like the balance between that and like the rest of the plot is like super weird yep and it leaves the like pacing and everything feeling just off yeah it's just yeah this is this was not a good episode guys no it's yeah like I said, the, like, actual main plot comes off as just, like, I think, like, I forget the main plot entirely. And I kind of remember some of the, like, arc plot scenes. Right. And the main plot is, like, batshit in, like, a weird way. Well, no, because and... it's also, like, it's also, like, this this random kidnappy psycho guy is, like, not, like, normally that he would be a meteor mutant. Right. And he isn't. And the whole, They've like, been doing second... that a whole bunch in, like, the back half of this season, I feel like, where I feel feel like we keep going, should, it feels like he should have been a meteor mutant, but well, he wasn't. I mean, it's, like, different, because, like, the other time it was, like, this guy had superpowers, but they didn't say he was a meteor mutant, which is super weird. Here, like, this guy doesn't have any superpowers, but he's just, like, a random kidnappy guy. Right. Um, which I would kind of expect from, like, a Lex plotline, right. that there are, like, villains. Just who, random kidnapping villains. Right. Who wouldn't necessarily be meteor mutants. Right. But, like, with this plotline, it's weird. And yeah, the whole psychic giggling thing is just, like, lol. Okay, Smallville. Lol. But yeah, I don't know. It sets up all this stuff. Yeah, we're going into the yeah. finale next week, and it's... It's really... Yeah, I mean, they're also, like, if they... I feel like if they were better at, like, planning stuff, they would have spread out some of the, like, Lex right. art plot stuff a little bit, but they right. clearly really were just like, well... We've finally decided what we're doing in the finale. We'd better set it up quick. Right. Right. It's awkward. Yep. And 
Jonathan is awful. That's not like a flaw in this episode. No, it's just but like we just consistent just, Jonathan just, characterization. Just a reminder that we hate it's, Jonathan. It's really like we're starting to see the massive awfulness of Jonathan a lot. I I have hated Jonathan. This no, whole season. I mean I I always hate Jonathan, but like this is like one of those times where it's like he really shows it. You know? Yeah, he really shows it. Yep. Um. Oh, and then like Lex. Um. They find in the fields the like octagonal spaceship key ah, yes, that becomes like a huge, huge plot point in season two. Yes. So yep, and we get the uh, shot of Lex looking down at it, shot through the glass table from underneath, right? Which, which is, is heavily fitted. Yeah, <laughs> um, and a pretty cool shot actually. Yep, it's one of those times Smallville does like fun visual things. Yep. So yeah, so, yeah. Um, we did not previously talk about Lex evilness rating. Oh, that's true. Huh. Yeah, no, the thing about, like, Lex evilness rating is, like, I guess it's at least a one. Like, there's certainly ominousness. Yes. I, I don't, it's... I can't quite come up with an actual justification for it being any higher than that. It's... Uh, it's definitely not higher than that. I think the fact that it, like, alludes to, like, bribery and stuff like I mean does it allude to what what are you it references the, the the in the report it has the follow up from the reporter that he oh, did blackmail yes, that's true that's true right but like basically and like, there's and there's stuff with Nixon which sort of like right although the thing is like like there's there's stuff that he he does with Nixon in the that he has done with Nixon that's been, like, shady. But, like, honestly, nothing he does with Nixon in this episode is shady. No, and um, same thing with Hamilton. Right. Like, I I feel like, yeah, like, I mean, it would be a one just on the basis of, like, that ending shot of him. Yeah, it's, it's, like... It's, this is basically one of those ones that's, like, we've had, like, at least one right. episode it's, before it's like this. I think that's, like... It's that it's, like, vaguely ominous. The, imp- the, it's, it's... Ominous because we know that he's going to be evil. Otherwise, right. it basically wouldn't be. Right, but, exactly, exactly. But no, like, I mean, like, the stuff he actually does in this episode is talks to a guy who said he saw a spaceship, goes and sees if there's anything there where the spaceship would be. Um, as much as Jonathan Kent treats that as if it was a terrible thing to do, it is not actually right. morally in any way about. And then, thing other to than do. that, he tries to pay Jonathan Kent back for the right, and possibly lies about giving him more money than he should have, which I don't think you can say is. Evil. <laughs> I don't think we can say that that would <laughs> up his evil. No, really. like I really no, no, no. That's really. That's really all that he does, and it's, but like, no, there I mean, is, is enough like right. ominousness in like the way that they've like written and shot some of the stuff that it's like, no, well, it's it can't just kind of like, really be I, a zero. This is where I get a little bit confused as to whether the show somehow wants us to think think that like actually he is doing something wrong, you know? Yeah. Like, that, that somehow, like, actually this investigation, like, his his trying to figure out what happened in the meteor shower or something is, like, bad. Like, I don't know. Like, they do they do acknowledge that in this episode, more so than I remembered them doing, like, with that line that Clark had, that, like, that the way it's structured is that, is that Jonathan's rejection is, like, just pushing him, right. like, away from the possibility of not being evil, kind right. of. Right, right. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I... Yeah, it's so I can't tell what this show like wants me to think about about like the specific stuff that's happening. Right? It's so oh, show. What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know. There's although actually even with the like they don't they don't even do any like a like I feel like his conversation with Clark is not actually doesn't have any like clunky like you know it's not like that other conversation where he's like could we ever end up like enemies yeah, like those right, guys or right, whatever right. it's like just you know it's not it doesn't have that kind of clunky like foreshadowing stuff. no no that's like it's less it is i'm so iffy on this one it's barely a one it is a one but it's barely it's, a yeah, one yeah it's barely a one it's almost zero but it's not quite enough i mean honestly yeah. like i think probably the strongest thing is that thing clark says what the the which more is, you treat him that right, way, which is such a like laying out of what is obviously going to happen, right? That right, yeah, it kind of 
pushes that over. But yeah, no, it's it's really close to being absolutely nothing. Yep. But yeah, I think we'll go with one. One it is. So yeah, we do have one uh, rec for this episode, uh, which is a future fic, uh, kind of going off of the, well, I guess the, like, the idea of Chloe becoming a reporter in the future is in this episode. Right. Although that, like, does not actually happen in canon. Right. Um, really? Uh, Yeah, because fuck you, Smallville writers. Right. Um, But yeah, so this is a a future fic where uh, Chloe is a reporter for the Daily Planet, and also it's, like... Clark Chloe, although, like, background, it's really more kind of, like, Chloe-centric Jen. Right. Um, this is a Could End Up a Story by Girl Wonder, um, and it's, like, a Batman comics crossover, basically, um, where Chloe is, uh, in Gotham, uh, doing an inter- what starts out as a fluff piece interview with Bruce Wayne and turns into an in-depth investigation and Catwoman. Gets involved, yes. and there's a lot of yep. So it's pretty plotty, and uh, it's basically good, like, case fic, right? Yeah, basically case fic and good like Chloe characterization. Um, and as much as it is like sort of established relationship, Clark Chloe is also a little bit like, you know, like it acknowledges the ways that like Clark has not always been like the best <laughs> for Chloe. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, basically. Clark, like, accepting Lois is, like, kind of a shitty boyfriend. And also sometimes he is a shitty boyfriend to Lois, but, like... Yeah, well, I mean, that depends on what we're talking about. Because, like, I haven't really seen the part of Smallville where he's actually dating Lois. And couldn't couldn't say about how... Oh, I was just speaking more generally across, like, comics. Like, I mean, that is definitely true of, like, with, like, Lana and stuff. Yes. In... In Smallville, but just, like, generally speaking, in most, like, Superman, yeah, most canons no. that I have seen where Superman is with somebody who is not named Lois Lane, he's, like, pretty shitty at relationships. Yes. No. Well, right. And, Clark like, is not great at relationships. Smallville Clark specifically is, he's, like, a shitty friend. Right. Well, Smallville Uh-oh. Clark specifically is, like, extra shitty at yes. relationships. But yeah, so anyway, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a you know, medium-length kind of plotty, Chloe-focused fic. Yeah. It's pretty good. So, yep. Yeah. I have not actually read this, but uh, Alex did, in anticipation of this wreck, um, reread it and yeah. was telling me about it, and I am really excited to read yeah. it, because this is, like, exactly up my alley. So, I'm stoked yeah. for that. All right, so that's about it for this week. Uh, tune in next week where we watch the season finale. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, almost done with season one. Woo! Only 90% of the show to go. <laughs> As always, you can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at Talon Podcast and at Talking at the Talon in the iTunes store. Uh, let us know your thoughts, Rex, anything that you have thoughts about going into the finale, and, uh, We will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Only 196 episodes to go.